Network Radio. This week's show is a journey into consciousness, working through the wonderful trance mediumship of Mick and Sylvie Avery, with wisdom brought through by spirit guide Gregory Hay. To find out more about their work, you can visit www.spirit-teaching.com. Well, just um, greetings to you, Gregory. Um, thank you for coming back on and speaking to us again. This week, I'd like the theme I'd like to sort of concentrate on this week, um, amongst other things, is um, is really about survival and our planet, really, and our environment. Um, I came across some um, news stories in the week that got me thinking on this. Um, one of them was um, a news um, article that was sent out um, to the residents of Melbourne urging people to have a bag of essential items including a torch, soup and tissues prepared in case of evacuation. Um, the new plan was sent out to 20,000 residents in the city um, telling people what they need to do in the event of a, a catastrophe in some kind of way. I understand um, that. Um, but then the next day I was watching Fox News because I, I sort of tend to go through different news channels to see what's going on to get a balanced picture. And yeah. on Fox News in America they were also urging people to have grab bags I understand as well. that too. Okay, so th- the question I'm leading to is do they know something that we need to know? Well, my dear friend, much of this actually is to do with the preparedness because they are, uh, I understand there is an, it, it is thought there is an impending attack. Attack? Like terrorist yes, attack? physical attack, yes. Right. I understand that is the reasoning behind it. So is this more to uh, spread fear or do, have they got grounds for um, No, they have grounds for it. They have grounds for it, okay. Yes, absolutely so, yes. Uh, however, uh, my understanding from uh, our observations have been that uh, this is exactly the same as the uh, linked networks uh, which have been happening in Japur and uh, many other cities across India um, to do with Pakistan and also uh, to do with many other situations. Uh, most of them are terrorist-related Right. You are not here witnessing a certain aspect, something of something to do with the planet exactly. However, I understand there is also a great deal of concern at this present time to do with North Korea, as well as Iran, of course, as well as uh, many other countries. Uh, you could actually put in Israel to do with that as well, because, of course, they have an atomic weapon and Iran does not and they are quite willing to use it at this moment in time. So, in many respects, I understand uh, there are uh, many potential situations. This is not to be um, construed as being deeply negative uh, on my part for saying this. I'm just saying that facts are facts, and uh, you always have to have a level of unfortunately, on your side of life at this present time, being the very noxious climate you are moving through, particularly to do with old dogmatic principled religions as they continue to fight and squabble with one another. There's some schools of thought that, um, that there's also problems internally within nations as well, that it's not just... Um, I suppose other states, but also that there's a kind of control element within governments that like to spread fear and also like 
apparently like to cause problems around the world. Well, that is true too, my dear friend. I have to say, there are still elements within the American administration, for example, uh, to do with their great levels of anxiety that they try to spread within Islamic communities. Purely and simply, uh, the same situation which had existed in the previous during the previous eight years still exists. Yeah. And simply what has happened is that they do not have government control, but they're still doing exactly what they were doing in the past. So nothing has changed in that respect. Yeah. I mean, some of the, f- um, I don't know, some of the stuff I've been researching is that it seems like a lot of stuff is converging together. So you've got um, nations that are saber-rattling uh, with potential nuclear weapons, stuff like that. Yes. And at the same time, you've got... Uh, the American economy that looks like it's on a steady decline and obviously America's been kind of the it's it's positioned itself as the well policeman in some respects and that if they continue to go down and lose themselves economically then other people could step in somehow and try and fill the vacuum Yes, yes, I I do understand that my dear friend, I don't actually agree with it Uh, the situation appears to be from our point of view and how we observe the many different cycles of energies of beings who are doing their very best in the Americas themselves, that they appear to be uh, having a in a sense engineering a specific amount of control, certainly to do with controls that they have to make. After all, it is, I understand, that uh, this whole situation was actually pulled apart many years ago, um, approximately 16 years ago, yes, thank you very much, uh, by uh, certain individuals who were in power at that time. And what they actually wanted to do was to dismantle the middle class. Now, I am not a one who is au fait with class as such within your own cycle of economies and that kind of thing. I know what class was like when I was alive in 1705, 1723. It was not very nice. The point is, however, that I'm trying to make here is that because of what was engineered at that time within uh, the America's own history, North American history, it became evident that what they were trying to do was dismantle one aspect of the class purely and simply because they saw them as a threat. Unbeknownst to them or to their actual mindset, it was not a, a, a situation that was the right course to take, purely and simply because that was what built America in the first place. And simply to take it apart because it was too powerful was uh, completely aberrant, uh, completely the wrong choice to thing to do. And so it actually split apart great factions of the society in the Americas to begin with and also actually took out their whole financial structure from within them. So it meant that it was only a matter of time before the House of Cards tumbled. The point of the reason why this was is predominantly because of the greed associated with this through the uh, specific companies, uh, global conglomerates, which then emerged from that whole situation. And that has been the global philosophy ever since. The problem now exists for humanity uh, as at large 
is that this seems to be a model which is uh, made to fit all, regardless of whether all want it or not. The problem then means that you have exacerbated situations within different economies, within different uh, cultural structures, because they don't actually operate in that way. And so simply what you would have, it's not to say that in the Islamic culture that there are not people who will try to steal from others or whatever, but that is a situation that does happen globally. And what you have is that people will naturally take advantage of others, particularly in times of strife. My point here is that within this whole situation, you have many people who instruct and instrument fear purely and simply because it's of their, in their interest to do that. And that is going to continue whether or not you have a good structured economy or not, or whether you have uh, the best will in the world to right the economy and to right people's attitudes towards one another. All of this breeds great negativity between peoples, between cultures, between tribes, between nations. So, I mean, going back to the, the idea of having sort of grab bags or being prepared... Um, it seems that that we could be moving into a period where the, the economy gets worse, and that, that could lead to something known as hyperinflation, or you know where where food prices go through the roof, um, people losing their jobs, that that kind of thing. And if those yes. things happen, then people are going to be thrown into a situation where they where food is going to become almost like a shortage. Well, my point, my dear friend, is that in your fair country, as in many others, part of what needs to be done and brought about in your country, as in others, is that food is grown locally, not collected by giant supermarkets and uh, shipped from one side of the planet to the other. This is a situation that was happening uh, up until now, but it no longer will fit the purpose. So what I have to say is that you have to be positive, even in the light of uh, perhaps buying local produce from a farmer's market or something like that, and because they are people who actually did need that kind of income in order to survive. And for you as a country, not to have your own infrastructure for food is completely insane, as it is within any other country. Yeah. The whole point is here that we're trying to make is that you have to pull apart, separate what is the actual price of what you are doing. If you are finding that you can have a, a, a box of tomatoes, shall we say, and you can get them for a lot less at this present time than someone who grows them locally. It's obvious that including all of the carriage and everything else that it takes and the packaging that it takes to uh, bring those tomatoes to the place, uh, uh, point, the selling point at which you buy them, it is clearly, obviously, that this whole situation is an accident waiting to happen. It's going to uh, turn upside down at some stage. You cannot possibly hope to 
only purely then buy and continue to buy tomatoes which are grown in Spain and yeah. simply then depend upon that access. You need to continue to have your home produce and that that is something, and this is globally, my dear friend, I'm saying that every single uh, country needs to be able to grow their own food, exactly the same way that Zimbabwe, for example, actually had all of their situation of infrastructure was taken away, simply taken away. And Mugabe had a, a great deal to look uh, and answer for in that situation. I am certainly not becoming political here, this is just an observation. But clear, plainly, it is easy to see that the peoples within that country are completely starving. And there is no need for it, because they have plenty of land. But what they did was they threw out all of the farmers. That was a very clever idea. And in exactly the same way, you are at this present time in your own country of England. You have plenty of farms, but they're all farming the wrong things. And uh, complete nonsense, really. Why would you want to uh, farm a, a produce which is uh, an, an oil, which then is virtually useless and only actually emits much further greenhouse gases uh, in the burning of it than its inherent counterparts in oil? So uh, the whole point is that this infrastructure needs steady and sound science in order for you peoples in physical life to feel the benefit and to really acknowledge and, and understand how you can positively move forward. See, what, you, what you're saying there is common sense. But what, oh, it's, what, but, but what, it, what it is, is the people that we, we know, you can call them the powers at B, the people that are controlling the, everything's they're like these global... Um, huge companies don't seem to have any allegiance to any country and everything's about globalisation, centralisation so, you know, obviously it makes much sense, more sense if people did just work locally um, rather than having like, you know, in the UK you've got Brussels now telling us what we can eat what we can do and stuff like that you know, it would make more sense for us to look, at, look after ourselves locally so we do go to the local farmer we do sort everything out locally you know, someone making decisions in Brussels about what laws we have locally or, or how we have our, you know, our litter collected from the streets or something like that. So, My dear friend, you have to remember that whatever the political system has been employed is basically there in order to furnish the pockets of those who are uh, in league with it. The, the elite, I know, I know. Yes, and so the point, my point really, is that if you uh, live in a place which is um, very fertile, obviously you will then be able to buy the local produce um, and th that it will be that much cheaper because the farmer doesn't have to send it a long way away and also you do not have to expound uh, great deals of energy in order to go and get it. So it's, it's a, a situation which wins all the way around. Simply, if you live, however, in, a, in another community where they do not have such produce, well, then you just have to go to another market where they do. The problem has been, unfortunately, as we observe it, that many small communities have uh, actually failed and are failing uh, miserably, purely and simply because the infrastructure has been taken away from them. This is something which has to be reversed also. 
in order not just to reinstall the community spirit, but also, it also, it is to bring about a, a, a better cohesion within the country itself. It needs to be productive. That doesn't mean to say that all land has to be productive. Of course not. The many benefits that are, the countryside is benefiting from at this present time with leaving land in, in a fallow condition is uh, purely, of course, to entice and encourage the wildlife back into the community. And that is very necessary too. Perhaps within the situation of songbirds, it might be better to lessen the number of cats in the country. Okay. I mean, I don't want to keep going on about too much of that. So, I mean, what's your view on on the environment? I mean, how do you... I mean, I was reading a report today about our oceans being extremely polluted and, you yes. know, there's uh, fish and species dying all the time, going extinct, and it's al- almost like gone beyond, uh, like a tipping point almost. Yes, that is very true. As we have been saying for a very great number of years, And the point is, unfortunately, that not the right people have listened, obviously. So, however, we continue with this whole programme. And from our point of view, we have said uh, repeatedly that the oceans are the primary source. Actually, the primary source of life for your entire planet. So part of what you have to do is to uh, be very restrictive for a while, on everything that you do to do with the oceans, apart from allowing it to generate electricity. So these are different things indeed. It means that you will not be able to fish for wild fish for a very long time, probably for the next 15 years, at least, at the very least, in order for fish stocks to uh, once again be active. So that means then that all of those people who currently fish will need to stop. Now, how are you going to be able to do that is a matter for politicians, not for those on our side of life. The point is, as in many other industries, just the same within whaling, once they had run out of whales, there was nothing else to do but stop. And actually, it didn't take very long. Approximately, whaling had only been going for about, uh, I believe, 60 or 80 years on a commercial sense. And that's all it took to slaughter millions and millions and millions of them. And simply, uh, the whole situation was brought to a halt. Purely because you'd run out of whales. The exact same thing is going to happen without doubt to all forms of fish that are presently eaten at this time. So that's, that's going to cause a, a massive um, food shortage, isn't it? Where people just, that's a food source that humans eat. And they're not yes. really thinking long term about, um, about the cleanliness of our oceans. And that is a food source in some way. They've abused it so much now that we're going to get to a point and realise that we've lost that. Yes, my point, however, my dear friend, is not all doom and gloom. What I'm saying is that human beings, for the time being, for the consumption of fish, will have no other choice but to farm their own form of fish in order to uh, sustain them for that durational period where the wild stocks of fish are uh, recuperated. And then, of course, we have the whole situation about sharks, which is uh, 
that this situation is that 90% of all sharks have been destroyed. Most of them for their fins and for nothing else. The whole point of this, the reason why I raise this up, and is particularly because of the pollution aspect and because of the oxygen which the sea provides to your world. The point is that most of the oxygen currently pumped into your world on your side of life comes from the ocean, comes from different forms of algae. And what has happened within this uh, situation is that the kinds of fish that normally would eat the algae are becoming in abundance. The reason why they're becoming in abundance is simply because human beings have almost extinguished the sharks. The sharks keep the smaller fishes which eat algae at bay. Simply, the kinds of algae uh, which are also uh, becoming much more virulent now as well, to do with blue algae and also uh, different strains of it, I understand, simply means then that this is becoming, uh, it's becoming to a state where uh, the one kind of algae is also beginning to defeat the other, which is very beneficial. And the reason for it is because it's taking over its place. So you have two different situations. You have both the fish, which are continuing to, to eat the uh, oxygen-giving algae, purely and simply because there are no sharks to eat them. And then, on the other hand, you have this different kind of algae, which has become um, um, just taken over vast areas of the oceans. And then what happens is it falls as detritus into the ocean floor is not picked up because of the over-trawling, has actually destroyed much of the bottoms of the oceans. And what is happening is that I understand that this detritus is actually turning the water into an acidic state, simply because of the detritus that's present. So what you have in effect also, of course, is to do with human habitation and agricultural runoff, which is something which then exacerbates the, the whole, um, whole oceans. They are captured places in exactly the same as if you uh, were putting a poison into a pond. It's exactly the same, no different whatsoever. It's just larger, that's all. And so what you have at this present time is that within the situation of uh, this kind of pollution, you can take, obviously, the Gulf of Mexico is a perfect example of this, purely and simply because now I understand some 14,000 square miles of it is completely decimated and dead. This is purely and simply because of agricultural runoff to do with the Mississippi Delta and uh, the Mississippi River. Similar situations will happen periodically all over the planet. This is simply a situation which cannot be prolonged. The Yangtze, for example, where the Chinese river dolphin had lived once, now extinct, is a, another typical example. And they're going to find great problems uh, with the waters surrounding China and also uh, in Indonesia too. So there are many, many different focal points of 
uh, bereavement, if you like, to do with the oceans. But what we have to say is it's just people's attitudes and their temperament. What are they going to do then? If they lack knowledge, lack education, then simply they will carry on doing what they're doing because they know no, no other way. What you have to do is use education, use the power of speech, use the power of uh, communication. That is what you have in the physical life, communication. And you are spirit having a human physical existence. At this moment in time, you need to communicate. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the reason why I wanted, wanted to do this show, really, to get the message out, because it's not really being reported in the mainstream media. And, you you know, unless you're sort of a member of Greenpeace or you read the alternative stuff, um, you never really get to hear about it. And, and obviously people are just so wrapped up in their lives at the moment, living day to day, whatever they want to do. Um, I'm just concerned there's going to come a point very time soon where... They can't ignore it. It's going to be in their face, isn't it? It's going to be, they're going to realise something's wrong. Oh, yes, absolutely. So the point is, though, my dear friend, I do understand that children already see it. They do acknowledge it. And so, as I say, this is certainly not all doom and gloom, even though uh, it is that humanity is standing on the precipice at this moment in time. So uh, I do not see any uh, masses of aliens anytime soon coming to rescue the entire planet of human beings, perhaps 144,000 or something like that, um, but not any, any particular uh, situation of raft of understanding that will bring it. What will bring it is human understanding, human scientific evaluation and also uh, new inventions, new ideas. The anaconda, for example, is a perfect example of this, which is a tubular uh, affair which simply floats on the sea. And I understand one will produce enough electricity completely free all year round for... Um, and in respect of a thousand dwellings. So if one can produce enough electricity all year round for a thousand dwellings, then you only need 50 to power a city. And it's completely free, I understand. Obviously, you have to build it, but uh, this, I understand that the device itself just sits on the water. But there are a lot of people um, working on free energy uh, energy devices um, using other magnets and, and what they call yeah. zero-point energy, but it, they're obviously being suppressed by the people that are trying to keep oil there. But, uh, you know, if we get to a point where things are clearly wrong and then people go, hang on a minute, why are we doing this to our planet? You know, like we're pumping more and more carbon dioxide into the environment and um, we're still using oil and there's other cleaner alternative means of energy you know so hopefully then the momentum will build up and people get behind it yes absolutely so it, it just however my dear friend really needs the infrastructure as well so it, it's to do with the encouragement that you make as a voice in order to help others to also find their own voices that surely is the the way forward for many people like yourselves and we in the spirit world particularly of the white cloud group are so fortunate to be able to be able to speak with you uh, being that you are also a force for change and being that you are also uh, trying your very best 
to bring about communication between different peoples, recognizing that it is so vitally important, not just for yourself, but of course for your children as well. Okay. I mean, just just going back, on, you, you raised the question there about um, aliens coming to rescue us. Um, see, I don't, I think that's a good idea anyway, because I think that would break our free will as a race. But um, it's my understanding that perhaps there are other races keeping an eye on things but not necessarily stepping in because that would be against as I said against our free will to work it out for ourselves um, you know what's your yes. what's your thoughts on that well my dear friend there are plenty of races who have uh, done gone the same way as human beings and lost their planet yeah so there are situations uh, throughout the universe where uh, many individuals just being careless or selfish or whatever have done exactly the same thing. So it's not something which is um, unattainable and certainly it's part of the reason why we were brought together was to try to uh, help people focus upon this so that they could actually get themselves out of it. Uh, the point is, of course, the reason why it is because we were we had actually felt to a certain extent that we were, in a sense, a part of it. Because uh, less than 300 years ago was the beginning of the industrialized res revolution on your side of life. And even though, of course, pollutions were happening long before that, it's just really a matter of uh, helping to shape things and to continue with our energy. Now, other people from other worlds, yes, they have influence, perhaps, perhaps not. It depends upon who you speak to and what their, um, how that communication is verified. So you have to have certain uh, situations in place where you have to be able to verify the information that is being brought about, surely. And in that regard, we can see quite clearly that there are many energies at work, absolutely not just from uh, your own dimensional state, but from other dimensions and ultra dimensions too. So this means to say that their energy is not something whereby they are trying to uh, educate you necessarily, because what has happened so far is that many of the situations have been in a sense uh, whereby uh, spirit influence has enabled certain kinds of uh, different peoples to become inspired through their scientific activity, uh, particularly, of course, to do with autistic uh, peoples and children, and also adults, of course, where that condition was never formed or found. It, it remains uh, quite simply, not that we are uh, here uh, with the vulnerable, but that actually what we are doing is uh, looking at and trying to help the open minds to continue to explore new possibilities. This change has to come from within you, not from within some other body, which will come to uh, pluck you out of the jaws of, of um, denigration or whatever. Uh, it has to come from uh, the work that you as a, a species put in because you're responsible for all of it, for all of the peoples, for all of the other beings that you share your planet with. Indeed, indeed. So, 
the, I mean, there's, there's, there seems to be a group called the um, uh, Galactic Federation, um, which has been brought through by remote viewers and, and some channelers. And I just wanted to know, you know, is there a group that exists like that? And, you know, and who are they channeling? Is there like a, a caring body or a collective energies that keep an eye on us in case we blow ourselves up? Or is it a case that if we blow ourselves up, no one really cares? You know, we have to pick up the pieces. Yes, I, I take your point, my dear friend, of the last phrase that you used there. The point is that it had been for a very long time that the Earth planet itself was in a sense kept um, isolated. Observed, yes, I understand, by many different energies from many different places. However, I cannot specifically ratify here and now that the communications that are, so say, being brought about are necessarily accurate. That would be me casting a judgment of something when I was not at the place at the time and that, um, so therefore, would not be able to make a comment upon it. And it wouldn't be my place to do so. It is a matter, my dear friend, for human beings, for their thoughts, as to how they may interpret certain communications, if indeed communications are taking place at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand that we, sh- you know, we need to use our own free will, um, and you know, if you're receiving messages, you, you really need to see how you feel about them. Are they negative? Um, you know, are they just, you know, not really giving you anything? I guess, but. Um, what I wanted to also talk to you about, I mean, going back to the energy thing, you were talking about certain people being inspired. I mean, do you know anything um, about the man called Nikola Tesla? Oh, yes, absolutely so. He's part of our group. Oh, really? Yes, he's been with us for ever since he passed. Wow, OK. Because he, he well, you know, way back in um, the end of 1890, going into the 1900s, is it yes. true that he had discovered a way of tapping into free energy or tapping into into the earth and using it as a battery like an earth battery or the ionosphere to create infinite free energy yes that is partly true he was actually also working on the situation to do with radio waves and how he could actually transmit it for free Uh, the point is however within his work i understand edison stole much of it because in actual fact uh, nikolai has always been an inspiration to so many, to so many peoples. He didn't really, was not fully really appreciated during his physical life. And there are many energies around him now at this present time as he works so diligently with others uh, to do with uh, the exposition of free energy and the continuation of uh, different ways of bringing that about. However, and it it appears too, that for the most part, many of the conditions that he brought about, for example, he actually invented the the radio and also invented the uh, whole situation to do with uh, light in itself. It was his uh, experiments that created it. Edison merely took it and uh, used the, the situation and called it his own idea. 
That's, that's what I understand as well. Uh, there's also a story that goes along with um, J.P. Morgan um, wouldn't fund him the money and um, to, to, to carry out his free energy experiments because he couldn't put a meter on it. Yes, that's right. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's kind of where people are just so greedy that they they won't even let new inventions come out. And and from what I understand... That has been the situation, my dear friend, for a very long time, uh, particularly to do with the um, hydrogen car. Yeah, or or even the electric car and and stuff like that. Yeah. So... If we, if if Nikolai and I had been able to bring out bring out his inventions way back in uh, early 1900s, we could be over a hundred years ahead of ourselves now in clean technology. Yes. Well, he's still actually, I understand, uh, at this present time, he has been working with some Japanese people, and I understand uh, working upon uh, the hydrogen vehicle itself. And uh, but I understand at this present time they are not really. Uh, uh, listening to him. So he's very frustrated, uh, uh, purely and simply because they have gone the wrong way. It means that uh, it's a very expensive situation at this present time and uh, not what he meant at all. Yeah, I I understand. I mean, he seemed to have a combination of um, left-brain sort of scientific um, thoughts, but he was also a mystic as well, wasn't he? Oh, I don't think he'd be very pleased if you said that to him. <laughs> well, <laughs> sorry, I mean, I'm only um, it's just from what I've read anyway. But he seemed that he were is a scientist, but he was also a mystic as well, so a visionary. He 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 yes. believed in in the esoterical side of life, didn't he? Oh yes, absolutely. So yes, um, completely. Uh, not just a visionary, but uh, in many respects, he actually tuned into his own pure spirit. You see, that's the point. And uh, because he comes from a specific group to do with that kind of energy, um, being that he has developed many different situations throughout his entire lifetime of millions of years, uh, helping many different planets. So the point is that this was nothing strange to us. It was, in a sense, a, a birth that had to take place in physical life so that so as to move humanity along within itself. And that's my point, really, friend, that there are always going to be those spirit who decide to have a physical human existence, provided there is an Earth planet to have one on, that uh, that it will be there for the whole situation to then uh, move forward within, particularly if that person has and contains the understanding of their pure, beautiful spirit, whilst through millions of years they uh, endured and and took on their their role within the spirit world, uh, then brought all of that understanding and information with them, or at least the means by which to make contact with their beautiful, pure spirit, so that they could then energise it into physical reality. I understand, I understand. Because another another story was um, was written about him was that he contacted beings on Mars apparently, and he was in communication with um, apparently beings on Mars, and um, he was trying to articulate this to people around him. They, they thought he was crazy, but you know, did he? Or? I understand, my dear friend. He was in contact with beings, uh, not their location. Oh, okay, right. Because in actual fact, friend, uh, the situation with that environment in itself has been hostile, very, very hostile, for um, 
many different living life forms. Uh, far too hostile for that. I understand that there may well have been, uh, and still from time to time, beings who are in etheric form, but there again, they don't need to have a physical environment at all. Yeah, that, that could have been a Chinese whisper kind of story. That I, I know that he was in contact with, with other beings because he used to go off into his own mind all the time. Yes, but that's, that's true. But I'm saying, though, that the, it's a matter of proximity of where you think the, the mind is uh, receiving from and uh, of what that energy says that it is. I'm not disputing it. I am saying that purely because, for example... Uh, a being says that they are uh, this person doesn't mean to say necessarily that that is the case. It is purely and simply a matter of subjectivity. And how uh, that communication takes place is a matter of development, gradual development, not something which is going to happen uh, at the drop of a hat, necessarily. Although I understand that too can be enabled, particularly within physical mediumship. Yes. Um, right, something else I wanted to, to touch on. Um, I'm, I'm really glad we spoke about Nikolai. Because um, I had an amazing inspiration with him last year, where I just, was, just got into his work and was absolutely fascinated by him. And I was playing uh, all of the um, videos on YouTube. And um, all of a sudden, I was watching a piece on there about lightning, because he seems to he was the man that harnessed lightning and um, yeah. in my excitement watching this video all of a sudden I just saw a massive flash of lightning outside and I just ran outside and thought whoa that would be bizarre because there was no storm and no rain coming or nothing like that and I just thought was that something like what I would call a sink wink <laughs> a wink from the universe you know it was just really really weird you know yes well my dear friend the point is that Nikolai has been very very close to the earth plane vibration that doesn't mean to say negative. It means that he has been uh, very much around, very much in evidence, uh, trying to help other people, other beings, having their physical life. Because that's actually the kind of being that he was. That's, that's wonderful, absolutely wonderful. Yes, we are uh, actually uh, still waiting for him to finish his business with the Japanese people's so that he can uh, return to us and uh, we can uh, bring about some communication with him. Okay, well, that would be absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Okay, um, just another quick question, because I I mean, when I asked you a couple of weeks ago about the sun, um, it kind of spawned another question that I wanted to ask. As I've been sort of looking into the, into the sun, we're, we're now in solar cycle 24, I understand, and it's been quiet for two years now, allegedly, with no, hardly any, if not at all, any um, sunspot activity. And it's driving um, scientists nuts, including NASA. And NASA have come up with a theory that the reason why the sun's got no sunspots is because it's going through a very sluggish solar jet stream, or something to do with a sluggish solar jet stream. But um, some people are not buying that. And I just wondered, you know, do you know what's happening with the sun? Yes, my dear friend, it's actually to do with its organics, uh, uh, the organic chemistry compound, which is happening at this present time, uh, to do with the different relationships of uh, its organic chemistry at this time. Uh, there appears to be uh, where there had previously been 
a large amount of uh, one part part or portion of it that has, for some reason, uh, been denuded. Being its activity has suddenly, uh, in a sense, had a cut off, and uh, the reason for it we understand is because of. Um, you understand, dear friend, that there are energies which are within the physical universe which are uh, negative polarities that they they uh, draw energy from elsewhere, from stars and that kind of thing. And these kinds of situations are set up purely not by the universe as a as a contract or something like that. They're just purely physical things that happen, and uh, in a sense, it's as though in exactly the same way that your climate has depressions created by other uh, high band or, uh, situations of high pressure uh, elsewhere upon the planet and also combinations of different uh, physical situations which then happen and collide with it produce these depressive spots. And simply what is happening at the moment, I understand, and know that you think that the universe in itself uh, perhaps has no air, has no this, has no that. Actually, it has a great deal. Uh, it contains uh, amazing, massive amounts of, chemis of various different kinds of chemicals and elements, including water, of course, which, uh, of which the like we have often seen seas which are uh, beyond the size of your own galaxy. So in this respect, you could say that all of the stars and planets that are presently uh, in existence in your galaxy now when simply mean that uh, the infrastructure, the relationship between them uh, appears in exactly the same way as the climate around your Earth. So in some situations, you have the chemistry which moves through and beyond your present star, perhaps drawing energy off and away uh, through a different direction, perhaps in a certain sequence of, of which you cannot see at this present time, purely because you're facing the wrong way or it's facing the wrong way for you to see it. So uh, at present, what is happening, I understand, is that there is a drawing off of energy from the sun. And part of what's happening is that it's, uh, in a sense, gone into this very uh, distinct, calm uh, state, even though the, it's frantic on the other side. So on the other side of the sun, it's actually frantic with sunspots going off everywhere. Yes, yes. So it's just this side of the sun. Yes. But so we, we move around the sun. Does the sun always... But only in one plane of existence, friend. Right. So you're talking about a, another kind of dimensional part of the sun. That's... I'm talking about the opposite polarity of the sun. So that, uh, for example, it's not at the opposite side to you. It's at the bottom of where the sun is. Yeah. So if you were looking at the sun from your perspective, you would see... Uh, perhaps, but not see, because the sun's actually at the wrong angle for you to see, that there are actually flares happening, but they are away from you okay. at this present time. And no matter how many times you go round the sun, you never get to, it's a part of the sun you never get to see, because you don't see it all. 
you just see one plane of existence within it right okay so is early on before we made this broadcast you mentioned to me um about the sun was causing problems with our communication yes which it is it's it's actually because of this pulling away that's happening through other forces that what's actually happening because of the depletion of the ozone layer it is also uh, bringing about a very complex nature you are at present experiencing the uh, a very great change for example in the um, in the jet stream the whole part of this has changed and just happened to be over a period of five days that it moved dramatically from one side of the of your fair country to the other from the bottom it moved upward uh, north by about 300 miles and in relationship to do with this it was that uh, part of this is a natural movement and momentum but also part of it is through the sun's energy now ordinarily that would have happened over a slower rate but that because of the uh, sun's energy being actually I know I said that it was dormant, but that in actual fact it's quite erratic because of what's happening on the other side of it. It means that you're not receiving sunset bur- sun bursts uh, as in the normal activity of sunspot activity. But what's actually happening is that uh, with this irradiating situation that you are faced with, um, that there are very great difficulties to do with the the radiation the amounts of energy coming from the sun as being constant because it's simply not so is that one of the is that one of the factors that's causing um mad weather weather because i know that the united states at the moment are having uh, quite severe weather with jet streamers yes that's right because it's actually altered quite significantly from its normal position and this, of course, interferes with a great many things, including flights, I understand, because uh, oftentimes they are um, actually using that energy in order to, um, to facilitate a um, part of the whole flying sequence, I understand, relies upon the jet stream. Yeah, that's right, it does. As a kind of form of free energy. So, is it co- even though it's blank, is it actually causing us to heat up more? Well, my dear friend, the point is with the heating up of the planet itself, it's actually to do with the carbon uh, emissions that are completely doing that. And uh, that is why it is placing you at such risk. Okay. Um, just another quick question as well. Uh, this one's to do with um, in, sort of indigenous um, tribes. Um, yes. A group of them met in May of this year. Um, a gathering called Return of the Ancestors and it's kind of like the Mayans the Hopis um, I think some Indian tribes as well and they're all kind of did a, a, a ceremony I believe to help usher in a world of peace in some way yes. um, and they, they have various prophecies around that they, they class the times we're moving in now as almost like a time of purification where they've kind of seen this for a long long time where they, they kind of knew this cycle would end and we'd go for this huge process 
and, yeah. and they mentioned a, like a prophecy of a star, a blue star called the Blue Star Kachina or something like that. So I just wonder what your thoughts on that. I mean, these people seem to be very in tune with nature. Um, yes, absolutely so. Well, they would be because they still live their life by it. That's right. Yeah. So I mean, what, the, the, should we should we be listening to these guys? Because I I really resonate with what they got to say. Oh, absolutely. Yes. My dear friend, in exactly the same way that you have the exhaustive situations in the Amazon rainforest and the people uh, part of the Peruvian rainforest, I understand, where they are struggling for their own survival. Uh, Many of these indigenous peoples need to blend together, to move together. Um, This isn't in the ways of uh, ancient prophecy or whatever. They are striking out on their own for... um, they see the struggle as being uh, something that they can help with. And purely and simply, dear friend, there are uh, many such bands of indigenous peoples right across your planet who continue to work in the same way that they have done for thousands of years. Yeah, I mean, mean, they, they contain the secret knowledge, really, of how to live properly, don't they, in balance with, um, with everything, you know, with plants, the yes. animals... Yes, um, someone had to. Yeah, so they, they've kept that knowledge. I was reading something this week that disturbed me as well. Um, was in Peru, there's been a, a war almost going on between the indigenous people there and the police because they're tr- they're, they're trying to keep the the you know the corporates are trying to come in to steal the land for to use it for oil and stuff like that. And you know, quite a few people have lost their lives in that, and it's not been reported anywhere, of course. Not at all. No, I understand that. It is a great shame that such situations go unnoticed conveniently. Perhaps then this means that a great many people need to write, need to air their views, need to perhaps uh, create links to that problem, uh, as you have done, my dear friend, in order for others to understand uh, that it is even happening at all and understand to the ramifications from it. After all, my dear, and I, I'm not saying this as a negative situation or whatever. Um, however, uh, the position with mining that has so far been unleashed within the Amazon basin has reaped a great deal of problems, purely and simply because of the mercury content which has been unleashed because of mining, uh, diamond mining, gold, and uh, various other elements simply unleash the mercury poisons uh, which are held within the earth. Part of the reason why, uh, upon which the uh, mineral-rich place, of course, as we all know the Amazon rainforest to be, it it is actually held in a sense of uh, uh, suspension, really, being that the waters above it still remain pure is a miracle in itself and a testament, really, to the different kinds of rocks, sedentary rocks, which then enable that purity to remain. Unfortunately, with the mining situation, you are having uh, really dire consequences for that. Many indigenous peoples, as well as all of uh, a great many species, becoming at risk from it. This is really about humanity really having to wake up now. It's 11 o'clock. I know, I know. And this is, I mean, this is why the theme of this show is so important as well, that 
you know there is a, we are going through a time of change but I don't think, yes. I think a lot of people just sitting back riding it as if it's all going to work out and it isn't it, it means really that people have to wake up and take action themselves as I always say dear friend I am not anarchistic I was just a lonely uh, person when I had a physical life and how I see from my vantage point of being spirit is that with many beings there are many minds who can change everything many voices that can change everything you just have to have the understanding and the will to bring it about that understanding has to yes come from love come from un, a, a desire a natural desire to make things right to take responsibility for that which you create and that which you leave. Your planet has to be in a better, more beautiful state than when you found it. That's right. It's our home. It's our home. You know, we don't get a second chance unless we... It is spirit home. That's the point. It, it's where uh, we, on our side of life, can come and have a physical life. Yes, I know there are many of other planets, many of other places where human... where those different species may inter interact and in many respects spirit may have uh, life yes on other planets but most inherently within the spirit world itself it is so rare really for spirit to have a physical existence we don't need to have a physical existence in order to grow or in order to create knowledge or learn or understand it's just a simply a different vantage point, a different way of observation. So that the many thousands or hundreds or even hundreds of thousands who watch everyone who now has a physical life, every single being has probably uh, 15 or 20 other spirit beings who are watching them having their physical life, not interfering, just being passive and observant not disturbing your privacy, but actually enhancing it, trying to understand how they too may then walk within the physical life. Oh, yes. I mean, when, when you're there, when you're viewing us, um, does it get frustrating? You said about Nikolai Tesla being quite frustrated with the Japanese that he's trying to help. Well... Yes, I understand he is somewhat frustrated, uh, but that's really a matter of communication. He doesn't need to communicate in his own language. He can speak in their language, whoever it is that he has to communicate with. That isn't the point. The point is whether they will listen or not. Some do, and then, uh, but others, without having the contemplative uh, energy that they have, simply miss it and miss the point yeah we have the same problem here you know you, you try and tell people about you know, the, you know the kind of work we're doing now talking to you or any anything that kind of borders on almost conspiracy or spirit there's people just completely shut down and you, you can't you cannot con continue a conversation with them and you know 
it's, it's like it takes a long, long, long time for the, the the mind, the personality, to sort of absorb that information to get you to a point of really accepting it. It's like you can't accept it almost like a, a light switch, can you? So a lot of people that, so in order to them for them to wake up, they need to get to a point gradually. But I mean, are they going to get? They, is, is there going to be a point where they won't have that luxury? They just have to come on board quickly with it. Well, my dear friend, it's not necessarily going to be that everyone has to be aware of spirit, for example, in order for them to be active to do with the planetary care. I don't mean spirit, actually. I mean to do with some of the things that are happening that most people would say is conspiracy theory. You know, you can sort of... It's, yeah. it's really to do with, my dear friend, uh, the awareness of their own duty of care. That is the point. That is the single situation that needs to come about. The awareness of their own duty of care. If people, human beings, can see that, we are at least on the road to recovery. But I feel that people don't do anything until it impacts them. Yes, that is very true. And so part of what you are going to see very shortly is going to be something that attacks every single one of you, which will be that there will be uh, your insurance premiums that will uh, rise dramatically because of the, uh, the actual awareness now that the sea will rise at least 12 inches. Actually, they're still wrong with that. It's still a long way off. It's actually um, half the time that has been stated thus far for, it, for the sea to actually rise 12 inches which means that a great many places will become flooded. The reason why I use this is because it's a simple analogy that human beings will only react, perhaps, when it actually affects them financially. Yeah. And that is very sad. However, it's the world in which you live. Yeah. And you have to deal with it in the manner at which it arises. All very well for people from our side of life being very spiritual, of course, deeply so. And spirit uh, infrastructure has never, in a sense, had uh, such a good situation of energy coming backwards and forwards from the physical world because of all the prayers that are said and the energy sent to the spirit world from one situation or another. However, there needs to be this consistency which human beings have to energise with. It's going to come. It will come. It means that, purely and simply, physical beings only seem to want to react when there is something actually uh, affecting them personally. And it will affect everyone. Yeah. So do you see that as a, a long way away or very soon with the uh, sea? No, it will be fairly soon, my dear friend. But my point really is that you're going to see quite dramatic changes in weather pattern scenario and a great deal of flooding and that kind of situation will become commonplace. So then people will be, there's something wrong. That they'll realise that something's up. Yes, absolutely so, without a doubt. But So that's the, that's the point, unfortunately, where people will have to act. But will it be too late? There are 17 years, dear friend, between now and the tipping point of the planet. Okay. So we have time. Just got to get everyone on board. 
Well, it just really means that human beings have to dramatically change their behavior. Yes. The tipping point is when it comes that after that point, uh, say, for example, a year after that point, you have to do twice as much to stay still. You mean stay still locally, geographically, because the way things are changing? Yes, quite so. So in other words, dear friend, if you are still, uh, as a race, out uh, putting out the same amount of carbon dioxide, you will need to cut it by twice as much within the next year in order for it to just remain the same. But this is what's really frustrating because we know that there's an elite on, in, you know, controlling things and they're adamant on keeping us on oil. And we, you know, this, the science is there if they let it for us to use free, clean energy. Yes, absolutely so. But as I say, Finn, what it means is that people who design situations, uh, instruments, different kinds of uh, receptors or, or uh, instruments which create energy or by the use of energy in a free way like that, it, these situations need to be uh, looked at and not just as experiments but actually creating situations now. In, in exactly the same, my dear friend, as you have a wind-up radio for people who uh, do not have electricity, it's simply going to take for uh, perhaps people who just have small companies, small situations, that then find their idea and move with it. Yeah, without being intimidated. Yes, absolutely so. I understand, friend, there are people uh, on your side of life who actually have the funds... Um, who would, in fact, bet uh, back various different projects, various different situations, uh, particularly those in uh, those uh, peoples connected to uh, various creative arts and that kind of thing, who are very much aware of the need for progress. I understand that that is something which will drive it forward. Yes, certainly needed, certainly needed. Right, this question, I don't know if, got, if you know the answer to this one. This one's to do with um, synchronicity yes. and, and harmonics, I guess. Um, this could just be me being completely crazy. Um, but ever since I've kind of tapped into looking at patterns within numbers, I seem to see an awful lot of them. Um, so I don't know whether it's me being in tune or they're, whether they're just trying to tell me that I'm in harmony with my my own spirit or something like that. So I tend to see lots of numbers in sequence like 111, 222, 333. And, you know, was at a group a, a few weeks ago and, and someone mentioned to me about 444 and what they thought it meant to them. And then that night I went to bed and then I just woke up in the middle of the night. I turned over, looked at the clock and it was 444. And then the next day I was walking to work and as I was coming over the, the bridge, I knew in my mind that I was going to see some numbers. And as I came around the corner, I saw 555. And as I came around the corner again, I saw 333. And I just thought, am I going crazy here? You know, why, why do I keep seeing all these numbers? And I know quite a lot of people also see lots of repeated patterns and numbers. Yes. Um, so I just wonder what your thought, thoughts are on that. Well, my dear friend, you have been busy. <laughs> The point is, dear friend, that there are uh, situations of sequence here to do with uh, various kinds of energy 
whereby um, the whole structure of what you are being shown and also the comparative states of when you are introduced to one thing acts as a catalyst to others is in a sense a way of proof to you that in actual fact there are a lot of other energies about you and within you with which you can work. These are structures which are inherent but are in a sense coming to the foreground because you need to practice. Yes, so when you say practice, does that mean practiced tuning into the energies around me? Yes, absolutely so, but in a, a discerning way, of course. Yes. But my point, however, is that what appears to be happening are that there are different uh, geophysical arrangements around you, which, uh, of which these are coincidental. Well, I won't say coincidental exactly. Uh, some of these situations are instrumental to do with those walking with you. That doesn't mean to say that they uh, invite these situations to take place. But because of the different inherent structures operating around you, it appears to be that there are others in the spirit world who are trying to make contact with you with regards to these. I understand what you're saying. I understand. Okay, that's wonderful. Um, well, what I need to do, I'm going to wrap it up now, um, Gregory. Yes, yes. Thank you very much. It's been a brilliant show. Um, it was obviously a, a subject that was quite close to my heart tonight that I wanted to get out because I've been doing a lot of um, research on the environment and obviously I, I feel it's important, as you do as well, that people do take action and Absolutely not sit back. So. It's vital, my dear friend, and... The point is, everyone is responsible, both on our side of life and yours. We need to continue with the planet of Earth. It is precious. You cannot sit by idly and watch it. You have to take part in it. It's your life. Indeed, I, I, I echo that as well. OK, well, thank you very much, Gregory. Um, just um, anybody, if anyone's got any questions um, for another show, then please let us know. Um, thank you to the person that did email me as well. Um, I hope I've answered one of your questions anyway. Um, I can continue on another show to answer any more questions. Um, if anybody wants to have um, a personal chat with um, Gregory, um, he does um, do an Akashic reading um, through Mick and Sylvie where that he actually tunes into your K-ship book and brings through information about your life, about your soul journey. And I must say it's very, very interesting and um, I would highly recommend anybody who's interested in doing that. You can find details of that through um, the spiritguides.co.uk website. Um, there's um, an advert on the right-hand side. If you just look for Mick and Sylvie, K-ship readings. And also if you check out... Um, www.spirit-teaching.com Okay, so thank you very much for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Thank you.